It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Welcome to the Depth Chart Podcast. My name is Freddie Maggard. I'm joined by Nick Roush in Louisville, Andy Murray, Northern Kentucky, Jay Dorch in the Louisville area. Gentlemen, uh, Kentucky got their butts kicked in Mississippi State. Nothing else that we can say about it that would be more accurate than, than that uh, assessment. Didn't expect to see that kind of performance. So many things to talk about. Four turnovers on offense. Brad White said his defense missed 21 tackles, just completely got dominated, uh, had had shots, had opportunities, didn't take advantage of it. Uh, so go around the, the table here. Nick, starting with you, did you expect that at Mississippi State? And what is your assessment of the Wildcats after that performance? So nobody expected it to be that bad. But if there was a place where you could turn it over two times in three plays and have four total turnovers in a complete just four-alarm fire, it's Mississippi State. So, yes, um, I was surprised. No, not in Starkville. Anything that can happen bad there will. And um, I don't think it's any, like, huge – I mean, you just you turn it over four times. You're losing the football game when you do that and you don't get any back. So, that's just uh, – I don't think there's this long, big – um, anything, you know, super duper disturbing, um, with that, you know, um, you turn it over four times, you're going to lose the football game on the road in the SEC. Jay, you played outside linebacker and you had the unfortunate, uh, uh, situation of having to go against me in seven on seven, which I'm sure was just fearful for you. Mississippi State quarterback, I mean, I, I, I still, 36 of 39. Have you, I mean, that blow, to me, that's really disturbing. And I, I mean, I, I, 36 of 39 against air would be nearly impossible. How did that happen, Jay? You know, I, I, watching that game, I kind of said it in the, uh, podcast last week is death by a thousand cuts you know it's just you're sitting there yeah. watching this and it's so frustrating but you know I I, I don't know I kind of I kind of put this on the coaching staff um, in a pretty big way on the defensive side and I hate to say that because I love, love Brad White but it was almost as if they over schemed or um, almost got cute with their uh, the way they lined up, I mean, I just didn't understand the, the defensive line, uh, how they put two down and then have Weaver in a three-point stance and um, they, they, they moved the linebackers back a couple yards or a yard. Um, you know, they were, they were okay with, with uh, giving the five-yard pass or the swing pass, uh, but the one thing they forgot to do was tackle in space, you know, you look at the South Carolina game, the Florida game, and the LSU game, we tackle in space extremely well. 
Um, it's kind of a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde deal. Um, but I just felt like the defense was thinking. They weren't reading and reacting. Um, they were almost uh, almost paused at the beginning of the play. And, you know, you don't get pressure on that, that guy. Obviously, he's extremely accurate. Um, they caught the ball well. They played pitch and catch very well. And I thought, man, every time uh, Brad White would bring another defensive lineman in and almost line up in our normal package, uh, Leach would throw it. And then when they when they didn't, he'd run it. And I thought we got, I thought we got out coached. Um, our players were not uh, comfortable, and they were thinking way too much as opposed to just you know the, the truth is man for man, roster for roster, we're we're a better team. We should be able to line up in our base defense and beat that team. Andy, uh, ooh, real quickly though, Freddie, before you move on, you mentioned the bad tackling, Jay. Twenty-one missed tackles. Like, that's 21 missed tackles in a football game. You're losing if you don't go out. And the game's tackling. <laughs> it's yeah. Blocking and tackling. You can't miss 21 tackles and expect to win. Yeah. Andy, uh, Chris Rodriguez, Mark Stoops has indicated that that's something. He has a, he's been dealing with an issue. This is how important Rodriguez is to the offense. In the six games that Kentucky's won, in 2021, he's averaged 20 carries and 128 yards. In the two losses, back-to-back losses, he's averaged seven and a half attempts and just 21 yards in those two games. Andy, what is going on with the run game? You know, um, that run game's all an attitude. It's like tackling. You know, if – I mean, we didn't tackle well because we didn't show up with an attitude and an urgency to get to the ball, and running the ball is no different. I mean, running the football is the hardest thing there is to do in a football game, in my opinion, because the line of scrimmage in our league, and if you don't show up half pissed off, you're not going to be effective. And I think for whatever reason, we've lost our edge up front in the running game, and Rodriguez has obviously got something going on in his head. Um, he's lost his edge for, for the, the moment. So that running game is all, I mean, it's, I mean, it is man on man attitude and we've lost our attitude. That's my belief. I don't know that it's X's and O's. I, I think it's, you got to have some angry guys to run the football and I don't think we're playing angry right now. And Kentucky on there had 20 rushing attempts because Mississippi state in comparison, the Bulldogs had 35. The, I think what made Mark Stoops the most upset of man, I mean, there's a several, several things, turnovers, losing, whatever. But I, I Mississippi State out physical Kentucky. Mississippi State was the tougher team. And that's an air raid offense that was more physical than one of the most, well, traditionally one of the most physical offenses in the conference. I mean, that, that had to – uh, I had to sing a little bit to watch that from the sideline. Well, it, I, I think the big turning point in that football game the other night was when Rondell um, Mondale got hit on the sidelines and they called the kid for targeting. And, and Liam Cohen said it in his press conference. He said, right there, I took a shot. At that moment, that's when we, we got a little momentum. We got a good break. Mondale didn't get hurt. We should have jammed the ball down their throat and got, went down and got points. Instead, we tried to take a shot and got a pick and gave them all the momentum back. And 
it was just the whole story all night. And it, I think the coaching got impatient, you know, I mean, they get it for whatever reason, they're not sticking with the fact that we have run the football on anybody and everybody for four years. And we've gotten away from that mentality where, I don't know. I think it's our, our we have no patience whatsoever in play calling right now. I, I'm with Andy on that. It, it almost seems with with Levis and, and maybe even a little bit with Cohen, when it starts bad, there's no ability to hit a reset button. Um, and the patience, as Andy said, wasn't there at all from a run game. They, they just almost abandoned it. And, you know, the infatuation that Will has with Wandale, which I totally get. I mean, I'd want to throw that guy the ball, too, because I could throw a two-yard pass and he could turn it into an 80-yard gain. You know, and I get that. But, um, man, they're, they're bracketing Wandale, and, and uh, he's, he's just not open. Now, he was open some, but I don't know. They just – they don't have ability to hit the reset button yet. And maybe that's Cohen's immaturity and – and the play calling, and, and obviously that was what Levis's seventh start or whatever it is, eighth start, you know, and, and so they're both growing. But at the same time, this is big boy football, and you can't go on the road to an SEC opponent, have four turnovers and miss 21 tackles and have any hopes of winning at all. Nick Ross, two more, two more numbers that, that were upsetting. Mississippi State controlled the football for 41 minutes and 10 seconds compared to – 18 minutes and 50 seconds for Kentucky. Uh, that goes along or that that fits with Mississippi State was the more physical football team and, and, and controlled the line of scrimmage and controlled the football, missed tackles. Uh, but I think another aspect that, that was against trend was the fact that Mississippi State had three rushing touchdowns inside the red zone. And it was – those three rushing touchdowns weren't hard yards for the Mississippi State running backs. It was kind of kind of running through the Kentucky defense. Did that surprise you at all? I think it it did, but it didn't. Um, it, you're in a tough spot when you let them get into third and manageable because if you – play kind of base and you're buckling up against the run they can easily hit you with one of those swing passes and just run for the first so you you get you're in a really stressful spot what disappointed me was how easily they just got pushed into the wash on a lot of those runs like dudes just getting blocked down and running back running outside untouched seven yards for a first down or a touchdown and i think some of that goes back to uh, what Jay said, where they had the extra week, they uh, it makes sense. Like, hey, we're not going to be able to use our outside linebackers as much. Uh, this position, we don't have Ox anymore. Let's just have Josh and Weaver down in there. Those those guys are good. Like, it makes <clears throat> sense, but they didn't execute it as well as they needed to, and I think that's why uh, the the run defense in particular struggled. And that's you know a lot of the problems defensively. They didn't give up a ton of points. Uh, you know, it, it, the turnovers gave him short fields and gave him two easy scores. But I, I think we talked about it last week, thought it was going to be a race to 30. Uh, Mississippi State got there first. But Kentucky defense, they forced a couple field goal attempts um, early on. You had the miss kick. They didn't get off the field that well in the second half. But some of that's on the offense, not 
giving them some help and getting together some drive. So Mississippi State, they love to play keep away, and, and that's exactly what they were able to do because on second downs, they were able to just keep keep those chains moving, keep those chains moving. We, we should have been up – we should have been up 24, and we missed two balls. We overthrow one, and we throw one short. Mm-hmm. So you, you think of football, it's, everybody says the game of inches. We are, we're up 24 in a matter of four steps. Yep. We yeah. make four steps more and throw the ball a little better. We're up 24 to nothing on those guys going into half. And that's well, the different. You, I mean, yeah. And crazy. then, Andy, you had, you had the, uh, the interception in the red zone to, to, to end out the half. Yeah. So that, that's thrust three at a minimum three, three scores. So. Yeah, there were a lot of points left on, left on the field. Jay, defensively, the past the past defenses last couple of weeks has, has been bad. I mean, there's no other way to put that. Uh, Georgia averaged 12 yards per pass attempt, 18 yards per completion. Mississippi State averaged 8.8 yards per attempt and 9.6 yards per completion, which is is significantly more than what they were averaging going into the game. Kentucky did not compete at the top of routes. Their Mississippi State either had a got earned a pass interference call or caught competitive footballs on the edge against the corners. There's not a lot of pass breakups, zero interceptions, dropped one. What's going on with this Kentucky pass defense? Is it is it is it personnel being exposed? Is it scheme? Is it lack of execution or want to? What's going on with the pass defense, man? I think there's um, it's some of all of that. But I think last weekend in particular, um, they were playing a little softer, uh, meaning a little bit further off. The linebackers were a yard or two deeper than normal, which, which gives the offense when they catch that swing pass – or that pat in the flat or, you know, short over the middle, it just gives them more space. And so uh, where I think our in the beginning of the season, I feel like our corners were uh, challenging guys more. Um, we were playing with a lot more confidence and, and trying to bring the game to them. And we've just gotten to this point where uh, we're, we're willing not to do that because we don't want to big up, give up the big play. But in this league, you just can't let these athletes have catch a ball and have five to eight to ten yards around them and expect to go up and make that one-on-one tackle. They're, it's just tough, man. You're on an island, and these guys are good. And I just feel like we're just – we're playing too soft. We're, we're, not, we're not lining up. I know we don't have the depth at corner, but we got what we got. And, and I'm not saying take a crazy unnecessary risk and – do bump and run the whole game because that's not our that's not our defense but we're just we're giving up too much free yardage almost every down Andy, we've talked a lot about the offense and defense but special teams in my opinion played their best game of the season josh ali with a 74 yard punt return uh, apparently fixed the the field goal team as far as getting blocked a couple against georgia Colin Goodfellow's playing really well right now, ranked second in the SEC in punting. He averaged uh, 54 yards per boot. I thought the third phase was solid, Andy, uh, and uh, and had a nice performance at Mississippi State. One thing, 
that could be corrected as maybe a fair catch or two on the kickoff return team. What was your take on the special teams, Andy? Well, any I mean, anytime you can score on special teams is free money. And I don't know what that statistics at one point I heard the number if you score on special teams, the, the chances of winning a football game are just astronomical. We scored that, we ran that kickback and I thought, here we go. You know, we went out, I don't know if that put us up seven or if that put us at 10, but I, it, it kind of let me breathe a little easier thinking, okay, we, we've absorbed the atmosphere. We're ready to play. The wheels came off. I mean, the one thing about special teams, I think they performed well the other night, but I can't remember Stoops ever, ever trying to block a punt or put any pressure on somebody else's kicking game. I mean, he tried an onside kick down there eight years ago, but he has not put any pressure on. I mean, you watch Bama and Georgia. They're always trying to block punts. Why do we not try to block a freaking punt? I don't get it. I mean, it's just, especially on the road, but you know, the punters played well, the kicking team. I mean, we didn't lose the game with special teams. Let's put it that way, but we could be a hell of a lot more aggressive. I think. <clears throat> All right, gentlemen, round the, going back around the table. Uh, We've talked enough about that Mississippi State performance. Yeah, Let's get the hell out of here, Mississippi State. Yeah. I'm tired of you. Mark Stoops uh, said on his press conference, watch the stink of this away. Uh, one final short take about that going forward, Nick Roush. Let's put it to bed. Last take on Mississippi State game. Say what? No, sorry. Oh, one. We yeah, we're putting it, it to bed. Yeah, we're going around the table. Mm -hmm. One last take on Mississippi State, then we're then we're done with it. I want Oklahoma and Texas to make sure Kentucky has to never go there again. Thank you. Please and thank you. <laughs> Jay, Jay. You know, the, again, we say it each week. They're senior led. My my hope is they are able to just forget about that. I mean, you know, things happen. As you say, Freddie, football happens. And you know what? Yeah. We laid an egg. We laid an egg, but we can't let two losses now turn into three. Um, yeah. Because, you know, across the board, we're, we're better than this team that's coming in on Saturday. So. Andy. Um, you know, I we're four steps from being up 24 to nothing in that football game. I mean, and we're not even having this conversation. How in the hell we let that game get away from us is beyond me. But like Stoop said, and – Stoops isn't an excuse maker, but he said, look around our league. Everybody's in the same boat. We got two elite teams in our league, and everybody else is in the same boat. Everybody's put up a stinker. Everybody's been beaten by somebody they shouldn't have. You know, and it is – that's just the nature of the beast. If you don't show up in our league, you're going to get your ass kicked. And that's – I don't care if it's Vandy. I don't care who it is, where it is. If you don't show up, you're getting your ass kicked. All right. I don't well, Jay, maybe his freshman year. I don't think anybody on this podcast has beaten Tennessee. Is that correct? Uh, Andy, Jay, your freshman year, you beat Tennessee? We did on the road. Okay, so we have one win over Tennessee <laughs> <laughs> combined after, uh, with us three with a ton of starts. So, uh, Jay, that, Jay, and I get credit. Jay and I get credited my red shirt. Uh, I guess it was my sophomore year. We we get credit for running the same play four times in a row on the goal line that really wasn't. 
Iggy up the middle. We should we should have won that game, but I was in the student section with a blown knee. Yeah. I, I want. Hey, I want. This fullback want, was gone. We might have. We might have isolated on that linebacker, but we still ran the same play four plays in a row. So I'm not I taking in, all the credit for that loss. I was zingo. That, I was zingo that week, man. I got the dress. I was zingo. Nick zingo. I still is, have people come up to me and tell me that it's like. Why did y'all run the same play four plays in a row? And I said, no comment. Get out of my face before I beat your ass. <laughs> Nick Zingo was the term. Is that the special uh, scout team player of the week? Yeah, because, you know, I was yeah. redshirted my, my sophomore or my sophomore year. Claiborne didn't redshirt walk-ons. But, yeah, that was my – I got to be Zingo that week to witness that. <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> – yeah, my that's a great. I like is, that name, Zingo. Yeah, Zingo was throwing a pick six against Tennessee to turn the tide in a loss. So yeah, whatever. We uh, yeah, same old story. Guys, Hendon Hooker, Tennessee quarterback, I think is the best quarterback that Kentucky's faced this year so far. Uh, he's the most statistically the most efficient quarterback in the SEC. Seventeen touchdowns, two interceptions. Uh, Nick is going to get into the to the elements such a, uh, or description of Hooker in a minute. He does not like the cold, apparently. Nope. This Tennessee offense averages 37 points a game and is going to put the Kentucky defense in a lot of the same stressful situations. But instead of dinking and dunking, they're going to get the receivers are going to get vertical. Uh, Tennessee has the 13th-ranked rushing offense in the country, averaging 226 yards a game. Uh, you know, the, the pass game is pretty, but the intent is going to be to run the football down Kentucky's throat. So that that's the Tennessee offense. Got some some good skill players. Defensively, the Volunteers uh, have accounted for 70 tackles for loss, which is first in the SEC, second in the country. So they're aggressive. Uh, they attack, and they play with a lot of energy. Josh Heupel, say what you want about him, has this team playing extremely hard? Uh, four and four on the season, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, wins against Bowling Green, Tennessee Tech, Missouri, and South Carolina. Uh, coming off two losses, just like Kentucky. It's a rivalry game. Nick, how do you see this game playing out? Just a general overview of the Cats and Balls. I think it's going to be a quick game. I think there's going to be a lot of running. Um, Stoops had a lot of talk about kind of what Jay alluded to earlier, getting back to Kentucky football. And I think that play call in particular, the early shot to Wandell was evident. Like that that was definitely a sticking point. Like even though a lot of football folks will tell you that's the time to take a shot, you've crossed the 50, you just got a big chunk play. That's not what Kentucky football does. Kentucky just rams it down your throat right afterwards. So I, I think we're going to get a very physical football game. Uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, they love using tempo to catch you off guard and then hitting you on a big play. That's really my just biggest concern going into this. The UK defense is really good. The safeties are very experienced. They don't give up a lot of big plays. But if your corners aren't busting it to get wide for those really wide splits, they can hurt you. They can hurt you with just one dumb mistake. They can turn a little mistake into an 80-yard touchdown. So if Kentucky can can stop that, 
prevent the big play from happening. Uh, I think there was, I don't think Mississippi state had a gain of over 30 yards. You know, they kept everything underneath. If you can keep everything underneath then I think Kentucky does have guns big enough to win this football game. Nick, does it concern you with the corners being one-on-one matchups uh, on an Island with those wide splits, as far as the vertical passing game, Yeah, because Dorton Valentine have not won many, if any, yeah, competitive it, catch scenarios. It, it does, um, but Hendon Hooker's getting sacked more than any other quarterback in the Southeastern Conference. Uh, yeah, twenty-eight. We, we saw Josiah Hayes get a sack last. I feel like Kentucky's pass rush has it's it's gotten better throughout the season. That'll take away some of that, and I think the experience of Yusuf Corker, like this, is a big game for him. Um, to be the guy that can – because you got to play at least one high, I mean, at all times um, back there when they can just unleash it deep at any moment. So those guys are going to be asked to do a lot to potentially cover up some of the Band-Aids because that is the weak spot of Kentucky's defense is at quarterback. There's no doubt about it. Andy, what uh, what's your take on the Cats involved Evolves? Just an overview. You know what, I <clears> – <throat> I think our offense owes it to our defense to play well and make Tennessee play from behind. Our defense is much better when you stress the offense. And if we can get out on these guys, connect, have a solid game from Levis, run the ball like we know how to, and make them play from behind and not let Heupel and his arsenal of weapons get momentum. I mean – we have to jump on these guys, and our offense has to play their best game of the year. No excuses. You're at home. It's it's our weather. We got the advantage there. We can run the football on them. We know we can. And the heck with the defense. The defense needs – they need a damn break. Our offense needs to give our defense a break, period. They need to show up. Jay Dorch. Preach, Andy. I like to hear that. Uh, I I think it's a it's a much better matchup for us on both sides of the ball this week. Uh, both the defense and offense are more traditional than than what uh, Mississippi State gave us. Um, you know that it is a little gimmicky, maybe a little bit with the wide splits, and they they play with a lot of tempo. That that concerns me a little bit. I've, I've noticed since the very beginning that our Getting, the, getting our defense lined up and, and in the right set from the very beginning of the season, it's just been a challenge. If, any's got, if anybody's gone on any pace at all against us, there's times that our lineman's not down. We're not in alignment in our spots. So that, that kind of concerns me. But overall, it's a, it's a much better matchup. And I like the fact that, that they're a running team. Um, I mean, you look at Florida. They were the leading rushing team in the nation uh, coming to Commonwealth – or sorry, Kroger Field. Um, when they came and, and you saw what we did. And so I like our defense from that perspective. Offensively, you know, if, and, and I, I love when Cohen said it this week, he said, we got to get, we got to get Will some wins early. Let, let him have some success early. If he has some success early, you know, if he does some zone reads and pull the ball, gets hit a little bit, has some success running, C-Rod hits a couple big ones. And I, I think it's, it's, it's a lot better matchup for us. Andy. Yes. 
Did you already answer? I wasn't paying attention. I did answer. You, you didn't hear okay. my preaching. <laughs> Jay gave me credit nah. for preaching. What the heck, man? My, 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 my bad. I Quarterback's was, I was too good. Something. Hey, don't know. be bouncing. Don't be bouncing your checkbook during the podcast. I was trying to figure out the Bitcoin while you were talking. So my bad. <laughs> you got you got too fungible. I'll on give us, you Freddy. a pass. I'll give you a pass. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my concern is Kentucky uh, last two games opponents georgia and mississippi state averaging over seven yards of play 30 points per game i think i, I think kentucky's gonna have to out you know I, kentucky's gonna have to score i mean there's no way around it i mean you can you can win this game a couple ways i think the, the best thing to do for kentucky to stop that tennessee offense which right now statistically in the way it's played kentucky's defense played the last two games i don't see that happening I think Kentucky's going to have to have a couple extraordinary plays on defense or special teams, whether it be a return on special teams or a deflected tip pass for a touchdown, scoop and score, strip sack, something uh, to take away a couple possessions from the Tennessee offense. One way. The other way is to keep Hendon Hooker and that offense on the sideline. You do that by winning the time for possession by living in the slot, sustained long offensive possessions. We've not seen that. Kentucky's gotten smoked in time of possession against Mississippi State. So, uh, you know, I, I want to have – I want to say Kentucky's going to slow down this Tennessee offense, but what I've seen the last two weeks, it's hard for me to say that. Uh, so, offensively, I think you're going to have to score a bunch of points. What is a bunch of points? I don't know, but a bunch. So, it, it could be uh, – you know, Kentucky is not comfortable in a shootout-type environment, and Tennessee is. Uh, I don't think Kentucky can allow this game to become a track meet. So th that is somewhat concerning to me. Uh, defensively, Tennessee is 13th or second to last in the SEC, giving up 249 yards passing uh, per game. Uh, running the football, opponents are running for 144 yards, so – Nick Ross, will Lee and Cohen see those numbers and get tempted to go back to heavy in the passing game against no, the balls? No, I mean, he'll be tempted to, but Mark Stoops will be tempted to kick his ass if he does that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, I, I, Stoops described Sunday as a long day at the office, and I think it, I think it certainly was for Liam. But, you know, hey – you said they're growing, they're figuring things out, and they've got to figure out the run game. I mean, it's clear. Um, I know Georgia is Georgia, but Kentucky can't win if they can't run the ball. So, yeah, run the dang ball. Um, you do have some competent wide receiver play now. I mean, heck, as much as we glossed over that that drive that they bounced back. I mean, that was that was a good drive that Kentucky put together to get seventeen to at least put a touchdown on the board um, offensively, but. We knew going into this season that UK was going to need to score a little bit more this year. They just had to. They had to win by outscoring some teams. Uh, Mississippi State was the case last week, and it might be the same this week against the Tennessee team who has a hidden hooker that's playing well. Now, that's if he's not shaking uncontrollably on the sidelines because it's going to be in the 30s, and he doesn't handle the 30s well. I think Tennessee fans are building an excuse ahead of time just in case uh, because – it's not going to be as windy and as bitterly cold as it was in Blacksburg this weekend in Lexington, but it will be cold. It's going to be chilly. 
It's a game where you should be able to thrive, run the football well, especially run the football with Will Levis. Quarterback run has worked against Tennessee. I think Corral had 200-plus. There's another quarterback that had 100-plus yards running. We talk about getting Levis some wins early. Some of that might just be running the ball. It's He he gains confidence from it as well. Just go out there and unleash him. I know you you got your nice piece of china. You don't want to break it, but just – Go out there and, and let him run around a little bit. Let him get comfortable in the football field before you ask him to pull the pin and drop a bomb 30 yards down the field. Yeah, Hendon Hooker has rushed for 417 yards this year, 52 yards a game. That's another aspect of the UT offense that that worries me is, is he is a an excellent passer but also runs the football extremely well, 52 yards. That's, that's a lot per game for a quarterback. And, a quarterback uh, you know, that gets sack yardage taken off too, and he's been sacked more yeah, than anybody else. Exactly, exactly. Twenty-eight sacks. Yeah. So uh, Tennessee averaging thirty-seven points a game. Kentucky's just averaging twenty-seven. Not not a lot of points there. So going to have to, something extraordinary is going to have to happen Saturday night if Kentucky's going to win the football game. It's just that's just the way this matchup on paper looks to me. So, oh, uh, Freddie, we'll, can I argue with you though? Yeah. On paper, Tennessee was close to Alabama for how long? Two quarters, but yeah, but that's two big plays on blown coverages, yeah. and they ended up not yeah. covering in that game as well. There's a lot of stuff Tennessee does that looks scary on paper, but it's really giving up just a few big plays here and there. Hendon Hooker's playing well. Um, don't get me wrong. Um, and like you said, I, I do think he's probably the best quarterback that Kentucky will face all season. But I, I do think a lot of the stuff that Tennessee has on paper is deceiving. Yeah, well, it's deceiving enough to have me concerned. Just put it that way, because <laughs> this this game here's what this game comes down to. Honestly, this game comes down to year nine. Mark Stoops. You want to be in the conversation of the better half of the SEC, you got to win this football game. We're better yeah. than they are. They got an attitude about us. They have no absolute zero respect for us. One of their DBs is running his mouth already. If you're not ready to play Saturday night, shame on you. And that's just the way I feel. I mean, we have an opportunity to basically finish second in the East and be in the conversation of the four or five best teams in that league. With two losses at the end of this year, we will be in the conversation as one of the best in that league. A loss Saturday night puts us right back to same old Kentucky down there and mentioning at the end of – and in all the preseason ballots and everything else being ranked down there with Mississippi State, Vandy, Missouri, and South Carolina. This is our game to get out of the damn box and get in the conversation of who the best teams are in the SEC. And if they can't get fired up for that, I don't know what to tell them. Brings me to the question, does – the Saturday night defined the 2021 season. Nick Rouch. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> Lose three straight and skid out and out of here or end your season with a bang by beating a couple rivals and going 10 and 2. Totally season defining game. Jay, defining moment for the Cats is Saturday against the Vols. True or false? Uh, there's no question about it. Uh, you know, I think people would say that uh, we did okay against Georgia, kind of at least showed some decency and respect there. Um, but last week took everything away, all the credibility we had, uh, really. And I think it's a shame because this team has, has come a long way. This program obviously has come a long way. 
But if, if we lose Saturday night, uh, I'm totally on board with what Andy said. It just takes us back to the same old Kentucky conversation. And, and it's that, you know, we, we talked about earlier this season about, you know, this program's got to take it another step. And it, it's right in front of us. It's this, it's this Saturday. What, we can be three and two is, against Tennessee in the last five years. We'll be three and two against Tennessee in the last five years. That is program defining. I don't care yeah. about 21. I'm I'm talking program defining, and Stoops can hang his hat on being three and two against Tennessee. All right. Last one. Round the table. Nick Ralph, what does UK need to do to beat Tennessee? Run the damn ball. Play play your way and don't give up big plays. The big plays have to be out of there. But play your way. Play. Get back to playing Kentucky football, like those guys said. you got to be hard-nosed, ticked off, pissed off, and kind of, I guess, really need to follow Josh Pascal's example. Follow their lead. Follow the seniors' lead. It's, this is the experienced team. It's where that, that veteran leadership needs to take over. Go get yourself a big win at Kroger Field. Jay, what's the Cats need to do to win? I think first thing they got to run the ball, like Nick said. They got you know, two hundred yards rushing, ish. I think defensively, our defensive front has got to win the line of scrimmage. And the way we the way we stopped Florida's rushing attack was by winning the line of scrimmage defensively, and we basically stopped the run before it ever started. You know, and everybody maybe forgets that Emory Jones and and Richardson, the kid. You know, that guy was averaging 25 yards a, a carry. And, uh, you know, so they had two great running quarterbacks. And we just we just won the, the front line of scrimmage. And our, our second level just came up and just cleaned everything up. And that, to me, defensively, that's what we got to do. And offense, we got to run the ball. Andy. Oh, like I said earlier, I think our offense. But you didn't hear this, Freddie, so I'll repeat myself. <laughs> <laughs> The offense, the offense has to give the defense a break. The offense has to show up, period. We have to come out and be an offensive football team that night and put some points on the board and and make make our defensive coordinator's job easier. I mean, it's much easier to defend a team when he knows he's got to get yardage on passing and everything else. He can't run get him out of his scheme. And our offense can do that. Our offense can put pressure on them and get them out of their offensive scheme, and we win the football game. If we go in there and turn the ball over and slop around, this this, this guy can call plays, man. I mean, he hung 50-something on Missouri. We didn't hang 50-something on Missouri. I mean, th- this guy can call plays. Now, Alabama did physically whip their ass once they figured out their coverages, so I do think we're a physical football team that can take them to the house on the line. But, you know, football's a, a – a mean guys game, and if you don't show up like we didn't last weekend, it's going to be more of the same. And this offense has to show up, period. Yeah. Great point, Andy. I wish I'd have heard got, that the first time. It's got, I, mean, so I had to repeat is. myself, so I've, I, you can go back and listen to it verbatim. <laughs> it's the same. You know, you know and if, you, if you look at the uh, LSU game and the uh, Florida game, you know, what, what do we do really well that game? We started fast on both sides of the ball. I mean, we yeah. just we just did, and I don't know for some reason if this team starts slow, it has a tough time getting it together. We saw that in the early part of the season. Yeah, I, I think Will Levis has to bounce back. Uh, was he played his best games against LSU and Georgia, 
and his worst game against Mississippi <laughs> State. I think he's going to have to have a bounce-back performance by starting early. I mean, and how does he do that? By running the football. Get out on the edge. Tennessee's going to be aggressive with those 70 tackles for loss. And then this offense, as pretty as, as people want it to be, is a downhill Chris Rodriguez offense. The offense runs through number 24, and I know he's been dealing with an issue, but but hopefully he's better, he's back, because Kentucky needs 24 on the field and running the football and protecting the football. So uh, that's my two cents there. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Uh, all right, who you got segment uh, coming up? We're going to Colorado for the first game. Army is at Air Force. Air Force is a three-point favorite against the Golden Knights or the Black Knights of Army. Nick Roush, who you got? Go Army, beat Air Force. Woo! There you go. <laughs> Jay. I'm riding with Nick, man. That's my guy. Go Army. <laughs> Heck yeah. Andy. You just you just wanted to hear a bunch of people say, go Army, be at Air Force. That's what it was. <laughs> I'll give it to Freddie. I'll go Army. <laughs> That's all it was. He just, all right, hey, I'll take on. that ground game, man. That's right. <laughs> ground game. Heck yeah. Army is going to roll Air Force. <laughs> going to run the football down their throat and win. And then we're going to beat Navy a little bit later in the season to, to keep the President's Cup uh, at West Point. So go Army here. All right. In the SEC, Nick Rouse, seven, uh, Florida is a 17-and-a-half-point favorite at South Carolina. Uh, this, this game is now interesting with Dan Mullins press conference and and not he doesn't think he has to recruit during the football season apparently uh what do you got with the gators and gamecocks man i would love for south carolina to give them a scare but that team's not very good um you know i i think ultimately what happens is it's like right around 17 and i think you said i think you said 17 and a half i think south carolina is going to do just enough to like lose by 17 or something you know it's going to end up being right around that number because florida they're reeling anthony richardson's got a concussion so they're they're in trouble here but south carolina is too bad to do anything with that andy who you got 17 and a half florida favorite at south carolina uh south carolina covers 
I think South Carolina will, will play their best game of the year. Yeah, Jay. I'm with Andy. South Carolina covers. I don't think they'll win, but I think they'll cover. I agree. I'm going to go with South Carolina covering here. Mississippi State, who's fresh off a butt whooping against Kentucky, travels to Fayetteville, Arkansas, to take on the Razorbacks. Arkansas is a four-point home favorite here. Arkansas shut down the air raid a year ago, but so did Kentucky. What happens here, Nick Roush? Will Rogers can't replicate that performance. But I don't know how good Arkansas is. People fell in love with them because they beat a bad Texas team earlier in the year. So I I don't know if I can believe in Barry Oden running it back and doing that again. Um, I would stay away. I don't trust either one of these teams. But Mississippi State getting points, got Bulldogs. They're riding the momentum right now. Stay hot. Andy, who you got? You know, man, I'll, I don't believe Leach's kids are playing for him like Arkansas is playing for that guy. I'm going to go Arky. Jay. Sam Pittman all the way, man. I love that guy. <laughs> I think his yeah. players – his players absolutely love him, and he is who he is, man. I, I don't know. I, I believe in that guy, Arkansas. He'll, he'll, he'll play the fact that they beat us, and you guys beat them. You can make a statement, and you can get everybody excited yeah. again. It, those guys will be so jacked up, and that pig suey and all that bullshit down there will be wild. They will kick Mississippi State's <laughs> ass. <laughs> I. <clears throat> Happen to agree. I think Arkansas <laughs> is a physical football team. They play hard for their coach. And uh, I think Barry Odom will, will throw it the, the kitchen sink at Mississippi State. And I'm taking the Hogs here. The LSU Tigers are traveling to Alabama. The Crimson Tide is a 24 point favorite. That's Ooh, a lot of whoa, points. Whoa, whoa, 28 and a half. 28 and a half. Point oh, favorite. yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's not enough because they're going to kick the hell out of LSU. Nick said that with conviction like he's got something riding on this game. I don't, but I just – I mean, who are LSU's defensive backs? Do they have any? Is there uh, one person that can play defense for LSU? I don't think so. So, yeah, Alabama's Alabama, going to roll them. Alabama's trying to stay in the – the fi- the final four conversation needs some style points here in the win. Uh, this ahead, is Nick. this is unrelated. I don't think you'll ask who we got or not, but Georgia is a thirty eight and a half point favorite over Missouri, and the total is only sixty. So that means that they're thinking it's going to be something like a forty two to fourteen win for Georgia. Something like that? No, even more than that. Like uh, 49 to 10? Yeah, 49 to 10 is what they think this game is going to be. That's yeah. that's crazy. Absolutely crazy. Yeah. And I think they're going to do it. So, yeah. Boom. Big numbers. Let's go. And the Alabama is a 28-and-a-half point favorite at home against LSU. Bama. I think Bama, Bama's just getting it right, man. It's the old Nick Saban fitting everybody into his scheme and his process. And I mean, it's, I think they 
they pound those guys. Jay. It's a classic Alabama boat race. They just just destroy <laughs> LSU. <laughs> LSU will be – they'll quit. They will quit at the start of the second. It'll be a slaughter. Here is, slaughter. Here's a fun, fun fact for you. Nick Saban, Alabama team, is ranked second in the college football playoff poll. Teams ranked first, third, and fourth are coached by coaches that have worked for Nick Saban. Crazy. So, Weird how that works. Yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. I'm going to take Bama here as well. Tennessee is at Kentucky. The Cats are – Nick, what's the latest spread on that? Uh, pick them. Just a straight-up pick them. Who you got? So, it went from a five-point Kentucky uh, minus five to zero. Is that what you're saying? Yep. So, the money's coming in on Tennessee. Is that what that means? Oh, yeah. Yep. Folks believe uh, in the Vols. And, um, you know, history would say that. But the last four years have been split. Time for Kentucky football to get right. I don't think the Cats have lost at home in a night game in eight in a row, maybe, I want to say. Need, Nick, what is that? Need the big boy to bring that energy again. What does that five-point swing, what does that mean? It just Does that just mean that people feel that Tennessee is going to beat Kentucky? Yeah, they like the uh, – they, they like the, the points. They like Tennessee getting some on the road – people really fall for narratives too in gambling. Like gamblers are dumb people. Um, so when they see a team like Tennessee who is playing well, uh, quote unquote, you know, against Alabama, then they can beat a Kentucky team that can't score. You know, that's what's in their mind. Um, so I, I, I think that's what a lot of folks are falling for. Uh, but yeah, I'm not falling be. for it. Kentucky's going to get back. They're going to get right. Uh, I'm confident that's going to happen against the balls. Yeah, you can. Pick them game, Tennessee at Kentucky. Who you got? I got the Cats. I think BBN shows up again, gives us a, a big home field advantage. I, I think our offense, uh, certainly the running game, is just going to be with an incredible edge. And I think our defense gets back to what they were before, um, playing downhill, uh, winning the line of scrimmage, and just wreaking some havoc um, and good tackling. So I like the Cats. Andy. I hate Tennessee, by the way. I mean, I, Tennessee, <laughs> of all the people on our schedule, that's who I hate the most. I know that's an old thing, old person thing, but it's the truth. I, I, I literally, I cannot stand well, those you-know-what. And, and the good thing, Jay, is, too, I think that's the sentiment most of the team shares, and it's something we haven't talked a lot about this week. People have been really focused on just the debacle of Mississippi State. But you know what? I'm kind of used to the debacles at Mississippi State, and I'm kind of used to this team being ticked off against Tennessee. So, um, you know, you're first, you're, you're a yard or two shy from winning three out of four. I think they're going to be hungry to make sure that they get three out of five against the Vols, especially for the senior class. Andy, since you selfishly blew your knee and was not there to block for Higgy and the reason we got beat your sophomore year, Tennessee at Kentucky – and a pick them who you got. You know, I've been all pissed off all week. And but this is this this is just a 35 years of being dialed in Kentucky. And this is the best team we've honestly had. And Stoops, 
he's not backed into a corner right now, but he kind of is, and he knows it's program defining. He knows it. Morrow knows it. They all know it. It's huge for recruiting. I think they get it done. He he's shown up in games like this over the last nine years where he knew he had to win the football game. Mississippi State with the field goal that year, beating South Carolina that night. There were games that he had to keep his momentum going, and he's won. And I think I think he gets it done. On to the most important game of the week. Great crossing going across town to take on Scott County in the opening weekend of the playoffs. These two teams played earlier in the season. Regular season, Scott County won 14-6. to They're both located in Georgetown. It's the Kroger KSR game of the week. The game is being sponsored by Kroger. These two teams don't like each other very much. Nope. You, rare, you rarely get a rivalry game rematch, closely competitive game in round one. Great Crossing is 8-2. and two. Scott County is 5-5. Five and five. Great Crossing is ninth in RPI in 5A. Scott County is 15th. Nick Rouse, you got the Warhawks or the Cardinals in this one. Great Crossing will have the two best players on the field, and that's why they're going to win the football game. Down goes the Cardinals from Scott County. Whoa. Jay Dort. Man, I'm with Nick. I'm sticking with my road dogs. I've been doing good with that this year. So, road, <laughs> road warriors. Well, the thing about it is they both play in the same stadium, so it's it don't matter. Of... <laughs> they're still going to school. It doesn't matter. They're considered the away team, right? <laughs> Are they not considered the away team? Uh, uh, no, they're the home team here. Well, they're, they they can be away for you, Jay. Okay. Yeah, they're away crossing, Whatever. Yeah. yeah. So I'm Andy. still sticking with them. Andy, you going with a new kid? I, I'm going. I'm going just like I'm going just like last week when I said my Boyle County Rebels football school oh, yeah. will beat Douglas ass. Note that because they did, yeah, and I'm going to go did. Scott County football school. Coach is awesome. Tells his kids to play every sport and come out for summer football, and he beats everybody. And they've had a slow year. They thump Great Crossing. Thump! Wow. Scott we got to give it thumps. To- Thumps, great crossing. We got to give Andy credit on his Ball County call last week. That nobody saw that one coming. No, nope. dude, I'll take I'll take chewing the back and tough country kids any day of the week over talent. There ain't no doubt in my mind. Those kids came in and busted their face. <laughs> yeah, they did. They that that was a that was a surprising outcome in Lexington in the rain. So, well, guys, I appreciate everybody being on. Nick Rouse, thank you for hosting this podcast. We hope hey. everybody enjoyed it. Yeah. We're not we're not gonna we're not gonna pick the toy bow, Nick. Uh I got oh, Notre yeah. Dame. Notre Dame, sixth grade team. Let's go, Saints. Woo! Saturday at St. X, I'll be there. The world CSAA is down to like five teams now. I know it's sad. And and you know what the saddest part is too, Jay? They made Tommy Wachtel take down the, the the website because some parents said it encouraged gambling too much. What kind of Catholic <laughs> parent is afraid of gambling too much? That is so against our morals. We are pro gambling, pro drinking. Tell them they, tell them they gotta football. close the beat the dealer tent. Just where, go where to the picnic. When all the rides are closed, the beat the dealer tents. The only tent open at the Catholic picnic. Hey <laughs> Jay, and the beer and the beer yeah. booth. Yeah, hey Jay. What do we get more tired of at UK? 
Tom Crumrine playing his high school basketball highlight tape or the Louisville <laughs> guys talking about the toy bowl. The Louisville guys talking about the toy bowl for sure. Uh, uh, that's awesome. Oh, love it. Love it. Just All just right. a note. I, just a note. I won three. So that's just a note. Just a oh, side note. I, I, I had one. We, we, we lost the other. And I, I got reminded by – I still get reminded about it from my friends. So <laughs> – Uh, Who's the Saints? Are they South End? Yeah, South End. We've got like a South End team, an East End team. It's it's sad. Kids aren't playing football anymore. Let them play. They don't need a soccer team. They need a football team, by God. Fall baseball, man. They got to play fall baseball. So dumb. You got plenty of time to play baseball. Baseball season's over. (laughs) Well, guys, thanks very much. It was a fun podcast. Hope everybody, everybody enjoys it. Huge game for Kentucky that will define the season. Hopefully this time next week we're talking about a big win and then uh, the Cats travel to that god-awful stadium to, uh, at Vanderbilt. So I uh, hope you enjoyed it, and we'll talk to you next week. Go Cats. Go Kroger. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.